0: Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you.
1: Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luanne Prater, and today, sitting at the table with me, I'm privileged to have Brenda Page with me. Brenda, welcome to Encouragement Cafe.
0: Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you having me.
1: Well, you know, as we are sitting here talking, I think that there are a lot of gals sitting here with us who maybe don't feel like they are maybe as good as some others. Maybe they don't feel like they have much value. And I can tell you that I felt that way one time. I felt that way for a big chunk of my life. And it took years of God pursuing me before I finally realized that I do have value. So today, I want to talk about being precious in His sight. And I know that that is in your heart too, Brenda, because you've taken it to a completely different level. Tell us about your ministry called Precious in His Sight.
0: Well... Um, Precious in His Sight is a ministry that was laid on my heart a few years back and is really in the last year begun to take off But and it started when I started going over to a HUD housing complex which is one of the um, just the saddest places to live in our county it is just one step up from homelessness and um When I started going over there, getting involved with one family that we found housing for there, um, started taking the children to church, I started to realize and see bunches of children outside playing and just going through this. It's a small community, but every time I'd go through there, I'd say, Lord, I wish I could take all the children to church with me, but I can't. I just have no way, no means. And all the children, when I would drive through, would just stop playing and watch because they knew my car was different. And they knew I was somebody different coming in the community. Eventually, I seen the need to go over there once a week and start just spending time with the children and getting to know the families. And that was last year, August of 2017. And um, I started to find out and see that every one of us have value in God's sight. And um, it's only by the grace of God that I have gotten in life where I'm at, and not in poverty, not homeless, and yet no different in the sight of God from somebody who is in poverty or that is homeless. He he loves them as much as he loves me, mm. and uh, we need to. So we need to know that we're all broken. Mm.
1: It, it's interesting to me because I've I've spoken across the country at different events, and it, it's interesting that some of the gals who have been in church all their life and their parents and grandparents were. Christians and took them to church and they were blessed to be raised in that kind of a family. And when I talk about being broken, so often they say, well, I'm not broken. No, I've, I've, I've never experienced that. And I, to me, that, that hurts my heart because they don't see the brokenness that we all have. And, and at the foot of the cross, it's a level playing field. You know, all of us come with our stuff and our baggage. And so if you, uh, you can feel like you're maybe above the others, you can look at people and say, well, at least I'm not like that. That's, yeah. that's not the way Jesus looks at us. He sees us as precious in his sight and there's not one that's favorited over another. I mean, he's clear about that in his word. And so I, I, wanna, I wanna grab a hold of that right now because if you're with us around the table and you have ever felt like you don't measure up, like you are more broken than anyone else, can I just reassure you, that's not the case. It's not the case. There may be people that look pretty and have their stuff together in social media, but they're showing you their highlight reel and you don't get to see the stuff underneath. You don't get to see what's going on inside the heart. And I can tell you that we're all broken, like Brenda said, every single one of us. Tell us tell us a little bit, but I want to hear about Your heart for these these folks that you're trying to instill that value in in their life
0: yeah I I have a heart for uh, people you know many of these people that are in the HUD housing complex deal with uh, uh, poor diets alcoholism drug addiction Um, there's just no hope And, uh, I myself, uh, I have extended family members who are in the same situation. So maybe, maybe that's why I'm comfortable being around people who have no hope due to alcoholism, drug addiction, you know, just no, um, no mentors in their life that, uh, and many of these people do have mentors who who are christians and many of them also have opportunity to get on a church bus and, and go to church but once you leave the church and you're back in the community and you have no transportation you see going to church means getting on a bus to get you there that the church is maybe the church has a bus ministry but then you come back to your housing complex, and you're surrounded with people who just aren't living out faith, um, it's, it's very difficult to, to live a faith in Christ-based life when you're surrounded with people who aren't living that kind of life. So our hope and desire is to, to be that light in that darkness. Not, not to change people. We can't change anyone. That is only by the grace of God. But we can get to know people and be a role model. Uh, to, And if you're in a situation where you have no mentors or role models in your life, someone to lean on, someone that will disciple you, um, ask the Lord to deliver someone. Mm. Ask Him. Pray, Lord, send me a... a, a a mentor, send me someone who can help get me in the right direction where you need me to be, um, where I can serve you obediently. But but you need a mentor to guide you because this is all church language. Words like disciple, obedience, church mentors. Um, ask him though to deliver someone, put someone in your life, and be and. and be patient. He will. He'll hear you. Hmm. If you're asking with your heart, He will deliver.
1: Well, uh, let's do I, that. I, I, let's do that right now. Let's just pray for everybody that's joining us around the table right now. Let's just let's pause for a second. Father God, we come before you because we know that you've called us to be there for one another. As a matter of fact, Lord, in John 17, you prayed for your close friends then you p- prayed for the extended friends and then you prayed for us that we would be one that we would be united and God sometimes we take that for granted and we don't even realize that you were praying for us to be one another we to be there for one another and Lord when I think about your command to love God and to love others I want to I want to take that seriously. And so God, as I'm praying to you today and and those around the table are praying with us, would you show us the value in our own lives and in the value of those that you connect us with so that we may step up and step into the calling and the purpose that you've given us? Lord, this is, this is a life that you have provided. And maybe those that are listening right now, some of them need help and they don't know where to turn. Would you be their provider? Will you be the one that sends someone like Brenda or Luann into their life? May we, on the other side of that prayer, Lord, may we be tuned in and leaning in so that we hear your voice. God, get get the distractions out of our lives so that we won't be distracted by the ringing phone or the demands of life, but we will find time to sit alone with you, get into your word, and when you put someone into our life, we'll know, we'll know that you have called us to be with them. A season. And God, I pray that the ones that are listening right now who need that person to walk into their life like Brenda did, would you answer their prayers? Would you say, just like Isaiah in 46 said, I am He, I am He who will rescue you, I will sustain you, I will carry you. Lord, will you remind them? that that's you that when they pray you hear and they don't have to wonder if you care God you are the almighty who created each and every one of us you knit us together and every single person is precious in your sight may we be obedient as we lean in and cry out to you in Jesus name in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Well, sweet girl, I know that you are creating a place, and this place is, is a dream right now, but you're setting things in motion. Can you tell us about that vision that God has given you for this, this neighborhood and how it's starting to take shape one step at a time?
0: As my heart wanted to take all the children to church as I would enter into that neighborhood and could only take four in my vehicle, um, I said, Lord, every time I'd go into this community, I said, Lord, I wish I could take them all, but I can't. And one day, as clear as day, when I made that prayer, the Lord said, bring it to them. And I thought, I can do that. I'll get a school bus, I'll renovate it. I mean, I didn't even ask him. I just said, Lord, I can do that. And um, so I did proceed with that that school bus desire, uh, bought a school bus. It's been, the, the Lord delivered a gentleman to renovate this school bus. It's unbelievable. It doesn't look like a school bus on the inside. It looks like something you bought off of an RV lot. Uh, The Lord provided the financial means. Uh, When I went to pick the bus up, he said, I said, Ronnie, how much do I owe you? And he said, nothing. And I said, no, Ronnie, I, I didn't ask you to renovate the bus for free. I know you have to make a living. And he looked at me and raised his hand up and pointed to heaven and said, I'm doing it for him. Mm. And so, you know, um, the Lord will provide when when we're ready to go. And um, you just have to trust him. So, you know, as I was going over to this community, it started getting cold. The bus wasn't ready. And I contacted the director of the HUD housing complex and said, is there any way we can get a space over there to meet with the children and the families? Long story short, the Lord has provided that. And now we're over there twice a week. But when I first started going over there, in the very beginning, I realized that women in poverty are most often single women. And it's very difficult to earn a living when you're single with children. And um, my heart just said, we've got to have a daycare in this county that's income based, that is Christian, so that we can plant seeds in the lives of children. And uh, that is also first and second shift at a minimum, because women without much education end up working jobs that are shift work and so that is a long-term goal the land's been purchased but at this time it's we are working right now to be mentors in this community and to build relationships and we're waiting for the lord's door to open when he will be ready to provide the means for this daycare. Okay, that well,
1: that that's something we need to just pause right there and say, okay, waiting on the Lord, waiting on His timing, but while you wait, you're still doing what you can do. You're not sitting back and saying, well, Lord, when you get all the ducks in a row, and when you get everything lined out and everything off my checklist, that has to be done before I can actually do ministry. No, that's not what you're doing. You're doing what you can do with what you have right now.
0: Yes, and I'm going to tell you, I've had so many thoughts, ideas, visions, and I feel like they're all from the Lord, but yet, and I have plenty of people telling me to slow down, stop, you're taking on too much. Uh, When God opens a door for you to be a witness, There is going to be an attack From the enemy Mm -hmm. And scripture is clear on that In 1 Corinthians Um, So you know The door opens wide And and the Lord has opened this door At this HUD housing complex For us to be a beacon of light To grow relationships Uh, You know When I came to know the Lord It was when I was 18 I'm 54 now I was not a perfect Christian, and I'm still not a perfect Christian. But I'm growing in spiritual maturation, and that's what we're called to do. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And as we grow in spiritual maturation, we have a better understanding and discernment of what the Lord needs us to do. But yes, you must still stay in motion and still serve, and don't grow weary.
1: Mm.
0: It, It won't be easy. But the key is to remain faithful to what you've been called to do.
1: Well one of the things that I want to just make sure we get today is that every single nudge that God gives you is an opportunity for us to choose to be obedient or to ignore it. and. I'm going to tell you, there are times in my life when I've been so busy doing what I think is good that I have heard that nudge, I've felt that nudge on my heart, and I've been like, ugh, I don't really have time right now, God. I, and I just kind of push it to the back. And in those moments, I know that I have made a choice To turn my back on what God has called me to do and when I say that it it almost 100% of the time is dealing with someone because God is in the business of touching and having relationships with people that's what he cares about he cares about loving God loving others that's all about relationship and so when I get that nudge or when you get that nudge from God, it is an opportunity to be obedient or to choose not to be obedient. Those are the only two choices. And when he puts someone in our life uh, that we're getting that nudge, then we say, okay, God, I want to be clear about what exactly you're asking me to do and and then take a step toward it. And, and Brenda, that's what I see you doing. You know, when, when you got the nudge, you're a lot like I am. Like with Encouragement Cafe, God gives me a flood of things that could be possible. And I get so excited about what he's doing in the ministry and through the women that are working in the ministry. And I just can't hardly stand it. And then he says, it's still going to be a step at a time, Luann. So be obedient in the steps that I give you. Do you find yes. that to be true?
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, in the beginning, when, like I said, ideas keep coming to mind. I could allow myself, I would allow myself to be so stressed because how am I going to get it all done? Instead of just relaxing and sending uh, my prayer up to him and my request to him he says we have not because we ask not if you're a child of god all you got to do is ask for his help ask for his guidance ask for you know my prayer right now is lord give me active board members who who have a passion for people the way you have a passion for people and you know, an opportunity, as you said, we have we have an opportunity that presents itself that the Lord nudges us. Um, His work is done through us here on earth. The body is through us. It, His work is being performed through us. So when we choose to turn our back on an opportunity, we're we're turning our back on Him. Mm. And so you there's. There's only so much time to accomplish something, and every time that we don't we don't respond to the opportunity, we lose an opportunity to serve God. And um, so, so respond when you hear it. That nudge is from the Holy Spirit. That person He puts in your path is it's from God. And if you're walking with Him. There's no, there's no accidents. There's no coincidences. It, he's directing your path. Mm. If, and so, trust that everything that comes in front of you, even when somebody asks you a question, it may be that the Lord is prompting you to think about something. If you're all in for Him, there's no accidents. There's Mm-mm. no coincidences. Your thoughts are his thoughts. He's prodding you with the Holy Spirit.
1: Can I just share a little story that just happened recently? I was uh, home and and some friends of ours called and said, Hey, we are at a yard sale and we need to have something uh, hauled with a truck. Would you and your hubby be willing to come? And I asked him and he said, Sure. So we took off, went across town to pick this stuff up. And when we got there, our friends had been talking with one of the ladies that was uh, holding the yard sale. And she said, Luann, can you go pray with her? (laughs) I said, sure. I went over and it seems that her daughter had just been diagnosed with cancer. And so we had a moment to pray and to rally people around them to pray. And it's those things that sometimes, you know, it was a Saturday morning, that wasn't on my agenda. But when we're allowed to be interrupted by God and, and we put our agenda to the side and we say, okay, God, I know that nothing is an accident, that you are in control, and that you have placed people in my path on purpose. Whether it's praying with someone and helping them walk this cancer road, or whether it's walking into a HUD housing complex like you've done, Brenda, and starting one step at a time to make a difference in each person's life. We're all precious in His sight. Well, this has been a a week of challenging thinking the way that we think about ourselves and the way that we think about others. And this week, I'm gonna pray that we all take a look at the people God has put in our lives and ask, here am I, Lord, will you send me? And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week.
0: Thanks for joining us today, an Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, Friends laugh and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online, when you get a chance to sit down and breathe, at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week, where we fill you up one cup at a time.
1: Rachel, I am so excited about our new website. Oh, it's looking so good. Have you been to it lately? Well, I don't know if our friends sitting around the table have, but I want to encourage you to stop by encouragementcafe.com. You're going to find so much that is going to make you have the courage you need to encourage others.